Do you know that your organization has a hidden asset that you're not using to its fullest potential? It's your internal network. The network of connections and relationships between your employees. And there's a platform that can help you make it exceptional. It's Vogue's AI Talent Marketplace. Vogue's AI Talent Marketplace helps you to match your employees with the best opportunities for their skills and aspirations, as well as foster cross-functional collaboration and innovation through internal gigs and mentoring. And lastly, you can get real-time insights into the powers and performance of your organization. Happy companies such as Mtech Inc. in the US use Vogue to amplify their internal social equity. If you're ready to make your internal network exceptional and boost your business outcomes, visit vogue.com today. That is V-I-R-K-W-A-R-E.com today and use the promo code AT2023 to get six months off your monthly subscription for the first year. This offer is only valid for the limited time, so don't miss this chance to get Vogue's AI talent marketplace at a fraction of the cost. Thanks to Vogue for sponsoring this episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Agent Tan Show, the podcast where we explore the latest trends and insights on the future of work. I'm your host Adrian Tan and I'm here to bring you inspiring conversations with leaders, experts, shaping the world of work with their vision and innovation. And in today's episode, I'm delighted to have Srinivas Konidena as my guest in today's podcast. Srinivas, or Srini for short, is the CTO and VP of APEC Products at ADP, the global leader in payroll and human capital management solution. So Srini is here today to share with us some key findings from a recent survey that reveals how the payroll sector is drowning in low-level admin tasks. He also shared with us how AI can help automate and optimize this task, bringing payroll staff to focus on more strategic and value-added activities. And finally, how ADP is leveraging AI to enhance its payroll and human capital solutions. Hi, Srini. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, Adrian. Thank you for the opportunity and glad to be here. I personally have done payroll before. My first business wow. was in recruitment agency and we have to do contract staffing. And as a new business bootstrap, everyone has to do everything. So I'm quite familiar with payroll. I must say it's not the most enjoyable task especially when there are complications, especially when there are unique situations, like you have to pay out on a bi-monthly basis and then you have the CPF thing coming into the picture and all that. Yep. But before I continue my rant on my personal experience, <laughs> I'd like to understand from your perspective, how does all those low-level admin tasks affect the efficiency and accuracy of payroll process? And importantly, what are some of the risks of consequences of poor data quality? Yeah, no, a very important point, Adrian, that you made. And the reason why people look for strong payroll partners is to ensure that their employees are paid on time and accurately. Right? It's a very simple statement to make, and this is what everyone wants to do. Part of it is about how well the system is built. So I think a lot of good competition also builds a good system, including us as ADP. But to your point, it's only as good as the data that gets into the system. Right. If certain components don't come into the system, the values are not input properly by the respective people, then naturally the outputs don't reflect that. And at the end of the day, for the employee, it's the accuracy and the timeliness that matters. So like you said, most of the time, the efforts and the focus of the practitioners on the client end always are about, am I giving the right information? Am I giving the complete information? Is it timely? So that's the amount of tension that the practitioners carry all the time. And hence, they do checks, they do double checks, triple checks. And when the results come, they actually reconcile all the results. When in fact, 
the general expectation is you just give the information, the system takes care and the results are automatically correct. So uh, I completely understand where you come from. I've had my personal experience when I ran this business, the number of people that work behind the scenes to make it happen. And we've recently run a survey and it shows that about 40% of the time of a payroll practitioner goes into collecting the data inputs, validating them and actually entering and ensuring that they are correct. Another 30% goes there. So this is inordinate amount of effort that a payroll practitioner has spent. Now, when they try to account for it, it's very hard, right? Like when somebody asks, you have a 50 people company, why do you take so long? But it could be the first time input. It could also be the changes that come to them, right? Suddenly mm -hmm. the employee will say, I forgot to enter a lease. I would tell you like four hours before the payroll cut off. And imagine the tension that this practitioner is going through, getting the data, somehow trying to fit it into the system, making sure nothing else is impacted. It's hard. It's also pain painful for the associates, for the practitioners that do this task. When you enter inaccurate information, even if you did enter timely, but it's inaccurate, it is yeah. beyond the company policy, beyond the threshold. And when you mention about, I forgot to enter my leave and all, it immediately triggered my PTSD because one of the common things that we do face when our candidates forgot to enter certain things, and if it's accounted for, let's say it's a no-pay leave, you can't just take the same entry and put into the next month because it was based on the calculation of a previous month. So I'm going a bit technical here, but for the listeners who may not be familiar with payroll, your single day of computation of how much that value is varies from month to month because every month has different number of working days. If the stars are aligned between the two months, they have the same number of working days, you have no worries. But chances are the number of working days will be different, especially in a period like February. February is always shorter. So yeah. those are the annoyance that we see there because payroll has been around for the longest time. And if you look at some of the legacy payroll system out there, especially in Singapore, which I'm most familiar with, they probably have been around since the independence of Singapore. <laughs> you just look at how legacy they are. How come after so long, this is still a huge problem for many payroll people and importantly for many employees who is so dependent on the payroll officer to please provide me with my salary timely and accurately. Payroll has been there for long and most of the time it is successful. The reason why even the times when it is not, like it's going to be actually five employees, maybe 10 employees, may not be, like most of the time it is correct, but there are certain examples, certain times when it is not correct, but people only remember those because Pay is very important for individuals. Most of us work to get paid, right? So anything that goes wrong, anything that is inaccurate is not only financially impacting me, but it also shows a little level of disrespect to me, right? Like mm. I work so hard and yours, when you're supposed to pay me, let's say $100 and you have not paid me 100 it doesn't matter. It's a dollar or a five cent difference, but it feels that you have not respected me enough. So yep. that's why these examples stand out and people remember this for a long time. Right, that day it was wrong. And then they don't trust the system, right? So mm. I think, so that probably plays a lot of role. I would also say that in the time that I have been in this industry, maybe over 10 years now, I have seen the systems to be fairly resilient. They do a really good job at doing it and they mm. continue to improve for a period of time. I think a couple of things that contribute to the, to the dynamicness of this payroll is also the changing laws. Like constantly mm. we have a slew of legislations keep coming in impacting certain set of employees or 
like in case of Australia, we have collective bargaining agreements that come into force. It could be at an employee level, it could be at a group of employees level or the type of employee, right? So the constantly changing landscape in terms of how these things are happening is one source. The other source is the companies wanting to make themselves as employers of choice, right? So the number of policies that they're introducing is also increasing by the day. So mm. that could be the benefit policies. It could be at a compensation level and things like that. Lastly, you also see the changes happening at, a, I would say, like a work, future of work, as we, people call, right? Now, people want to get paid as early as possible or people mm -hmm. want to get paid for the work they have done during the year or during the a pay period. Like, for example, I worked for five days in a two-week period. I still want to get paid because I have my financial commitments to meet too. Now, the systems have to now gear up to some of these changes that are coming in. So, although everyone, one would like to think that payroll is constant, but there are many variables that go behind that continues mm. to make it fairly dynamic. And then any changes or inaccuracies that come in get amplified at the result level. It is somewhat similar to updating the curriculum in university, right? Every time there's new changes, you don't really see the curriculum or the professors teaching new stuff straight away because it does take time. Yeah. For many of this to be localized, to be stress tested, to make sure that it can stand up to the rigority of the academic world. And similarly, even if there's a new legislation tomorrow or next week, it might take some time for testing to be in place to make sure that the system can stand up to the test. Earlier on discussed about data collection as this task, which obviously is administrative, but it's definitely crucial and critical to get right because Poor data, as the survey has shown, result in losses of an average of $15 million per year. So broadly speaking, for all the payroll practitioner officers out there, what are some of the common things that they have to take note of to ensure that the data collected is complete, accurate, and timely? And is it just their responsibility? What about the hiring manager, the employee responsibility? Do they also have a part to play? While it's a very process-oriented task, Adrian, I think it does become quite difficult for them when they operate. Because as I said, they just, most of the time, the practitioners just don't do this job. This is also one of their activities. It is also important for them to collect data from others. As I said, the hiring managers, it could be in a larger organization, it could be multiple units operating to get all the data working, right? So it could be the coordination of the departments that's also impacting the accuracy of the data that comes in. So what we've generally seen from our experience based on the clients that we interact with is people on one hand try different processes within themselves. They try to collect data in some form. They translate this data into what the payroll systems require. So sometimes the inaccuracies come because of the translations. So you've taken data in a spreadsheet and now you're filling it into another spreadsheet. So that's quite dangerous. And mistakes can happen. And sometimes it's about moving data between two systems. So sometimes you may have a system for HR. You may have a system for onboarding employees. It could be the recruitment system. What has been promised to the employee when they join the organization versus what is actually entered into the compensation system within your organization and how all of this moves into the payroll system, right? Like, so the, the data is moving, is being collected and moving between different systems. Sometimes they are software systems. Sometimes they are Excel. Sometimes they are... They're just notes written on sheets. Anything can happen and that comes into the system, right? But what we have seen is in some ways, the payroll systems can help 
is to put some controls and rules around how much the data components can carry. Right? We can put thresholds that will help identify some of these systems, some of these, uh, what should I say, the anomalies that can happen when mm. the data comes in. Right. Uh, what we are doing as a payroll system, maybe I'm going a little beyond what you just asked, but something exciting for us is today what we say is if you have entered a wrong data, then system beyond particular control limit, it will just process because it doesn't know. Yep. For example, if you were to give a bonus of $1,000 in place of $100, good for the employee, but from an employer standpoint, they stand to lose the $900 side. So it is inaccurate at the end of the day. But a system cannot detect it. It won't understand whether you wanted to give 100 or whether you intended to give 1000 It's not possible. But what we're trying to figure out is to put some machine learning algorithms around it to say that, I won't say it's wrong, but say that maybe this seems to be wrong to me. Yeah. Because it is 100 or 1000 it's because in the last six to nine months, you've consistently given about $100 to people in this pay range with this part of a, a role that they play. And now suddenly I see that it's $1,000 has come in. I'm not saying it is wrong. But the system will highlight and say, do you think you're right? We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. Are you an HR manager who wants to make your organization more innovative and productive? Then you need WorkWest AI Talent Marketplace. It's a platform that helps you leverage your organization's social capital and unlock your talent's full potential. Workware, where talent meets potential and innovation meets performance. With Workwear, you can create career pathways for your employees that match their skills and aspirations, foster cross-functional collaboration and innovation through internal gigs and mentoring, and get real-time insights into the pulse and performance of your organization. If you're ready to make your internal network exceptional and boost your business outcome, visit workwear.com today and use the promo code AT2023, that is V-I-R-K-W-A-R-E.com, to get six months off your monthly subscription for the first year. This offer is only valid for a limited time, so don't miss this chance to get Workwear's AI talent marketplace at a fraction of its cost. It's an edge case. It's an outlier. Exactly. It's an outlier. The great way to say that one. Yeah. It's an outlier. Do you, are you sure you want me to proceed with this? Right? Now, it's for the, again, for the practitioner, it's a great help because they're, again, managing multiple things. And the system is coming back to them and telling, oh, you seem to have made a mistake. Or I, it looks like an anomalous behavior. That's the word we are trying to use here. Hmm. Anomalous behavior, what do you think I should do? And these kind of tools using machine learning or any of the AI techniques, right? these are the ones that we believe will really help the practitioners arrest the problem right at the source. Otherwise, what they do is they actually reconcile the whole thing. At the end of the day, they go for sign-offs. If the numbers are big, Adrian, they will get detected because mm. eventually the CFO has to sign off on the final outgo. And there, yep. the, sometimes it comes out. But if the numbers are not that big, like if the variance is 2-3%, it's hard to detect this. Mm. So they slip off. So whereas this kind of anomaly detection techniques that we are trying to introduce, I think they will help you identify them much earlier. Understand. And really this already is something that I'm seeing in many other facets of technology. For instance, a client of my Rolling Arrays, they actually have this expense management app that runs on SuccessFactor and it has many aspects of it. So if there's anomaly, if there's outlier, they will 
create this traffic-like system to tell whoever is processing whether it's right or wrong. And I think for some accounting system, the more intelligent one, they also have this in place as well, which I think could only be possible, definitely not during my time, because right now AI has really evolved to a very different level. As we have seen from ChatGPT and going beyond that, it is able to make very mundane, very routine tasks, HR tasks, like maybe reconciliation, and some certain support, which really free up HR managers or payrolls managers to focus on other essential aspects of human capital management. So from what you're seeing right now, maybe just broadly, and we can go beyond just payroll per se, what are some of the observations that you've seen in application of AI in work or business? What are some of the better practices or tips that you have actually come across so far? Yeah, it's a broad field, Adrian. And as I said, so many opportunities. It's super exciting, right? You see the generative AI like ChatGPT coming in or Microsoft's OpenAI coming in. It opens up a whole new world. It's more like when the computers came to us, maybe when I started my career. Things that are so difficult, so mundane can quickly be done differently with so much more value added to that whole activity. So I can see that happening with both AI also with the generative AI. Generative AI is a whole new thing. We talked about payroll, but even look at recruitment, right? Like ability to detect fake resumes. This is something mm. really big for us because amount of time we spent, look at the great resignation that happened two years ago, uh, amount of time the leaders have to spend. And these are leaders or managers who are very valuable to an organization. And you're spending time and you're talking to people without, with especially misstated or fake is a very easy word to use. People can relate to it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And you go through one hour interviewing and finally realize that this is not the person I should be talking to. And with the new AI techniques that are coming in, it's possible for us to detect some of these cases. Now, AI does not guarantee anything, like humans cannot guarantee anything, but at least they take away 70-80% of your effort in weeding mm-hmm. out resumes, right? Second, we've seen some examples where people are able to onboard an employee very easily. So we have, again, evolving, right? Like in the initial days, you have to fill out a lot of forms and do things like that. Now, a lot of things have become online, like you can actually use mobile to do it. But what we are now observing is, irrespective of the form factor, whether you're doing paper forms or web-based forms or mobile forms, you're still presenting the same experience to the end user. Mm. But our end users are very different. Some are shop floor workers. Some are delivery boys, some are like sophisticated people who have done computer science for a long time. Each of them require a different kind of experience and they're not used to this kind of thing, right? Like some people like filling spreadsheets, some people just like forms, some people like voice. So what we're seeing is with the generative AI that is coming up, we can actually use the same context of getting the information, but present them with very different experiences. That, mm. are, that they can relate to because when that happens, they will, there's a good chance that they don't make any mistakes. They do very less mistakes in entering the data, which eventually go on to give, I think, accurate payroll or even the accurate benefits to the employees at the end of the day. Mm. So really super exciting, Adrian, where we stand today, the generation that we are looking at, right? Like both the generative AI, the machine learning that we are able to apply, fantastic place where we are. And how is that being applied over at ADP specific to your payroll and human capital management solutions? What are some of the exciting stuff that your lab might currently be working on that 
may perhaps evolutionalize hero, which I realize may not be a common word that you want to put in the same sentence as payroll. I would generally use this term like payroll is boring and we would like to keep it that way, right? Because payroll doesn't want to be exciting because the moment you make it exciting, it's painful for a lot of people at the end. But at the same time, uh, there are a lot of interesting work that we are doing on the payroll side, personally also very exciting. On one hand, we are working towards making this more real type and policy based, right? And at the end of the day, a payroll calculation is based on the policies that you build within your organization and the legislation, legislative policies that are enacted by the legislature of that particular country. So we believe now, and we are now building a next generation payroll in my payroll system that actually uses a combination of policies that in fact focus on a person and calculate in real time. So moving away from cycle-based payroll to a person-based real time, whenever the data hits the system automatically calculates and keeps the results ready. From the one of the big challenges that we generally see is the implementation timelines for clients, right? So it takes a very long time because it's very hard for the client also to elicit all the policies that they have and tell ADP to implement in their system. So we are now using AI and ML. We are just in the initial stages where based on the data you provide with your previous provider, we should be able to detect all the policies, the procedures and the approaches and the calculation rules and implement that in our system. So cut shorts our learning cycle, like all the interviews that you do with the that we do with the financial teams and understand what policies you apply. Instead, based on the data, we are able to recover those rules and implement directly in our system. We believe that will make a significant difference to the employers when they approach a system like ADP. Lastly, again, I think we have started to work on this one. We're doing many things, but one of the things that will be of interest as we go forward and is the use of analytics and metrics in helping managers decide some of the things, right? One that we introduced in the US about three, four years ago, using our trademark ADP data cloud, is to tell employers where they can find talent with a particular salary level. US, of course, is a very large market. We were able to do it because the amount of data we have in that particular country is also quite high. Is to tell that for this particular role, this is the kind of a range you would get in these cities. Because ADP process, like large number of people in the US and we have that, we also publish the National Employment Report. So using all that information, we are able to give that kind of an insightful information to the managers or the leaders that use our system. So that's just one example where using data analytics and some kind of machine learning, we are able to tell people where it is. And we are also able to pop that information when attrition happens in your group. So when you process a termination, we're able to actually link that saying that, oh, you're processing a termination, but similar kind of a profile. If you were to hire, this is the kind of pay range you should expect in this. And if you were to look at a different location, this is the pay range you should expect. So this kind of insightful information being made available to the leaders of the organization that use our system, I think this, we got a very positive feedback in the TV. And this last example is honestly something I would have never thought about for many of us and many people who process payroll is just payroll data, just to make sure that you get your salary accurately. Yeah. But to actually derive some insights on how you can find a replacement or maybe additional headcount and how right. to frame it properly. Because in many instances, companies would be referencing to salary guides 
Correct. For the richer companies, let's maybe engage Mercer, pay them six figure to give us a, a, a thicker guide. But actually, a lot of data, many companies already have it. It's just trying to derive some insights from it in a very simplified manner. Because I would imagine no one in HR department, whether you're doing payroll, recruitment, etc., nobody wants to go through a pivot table or look yeah. at some kind of statistical table. Otherwise, they would have gone and become statistician <laughs> and not work in the HR department. You rightly said, and this is the main feedback we got is from the mid-market clients. Like what we call mid-market is about 50 employees to 1,000 employees is what we call as mid-market. So this is where we got a lot of positive feedback. Like this is really helping us. But to your point, like larger companies, which are more than 1,000 employees, probably engage Mercer and others to get this data. Whereas for the mid-market, it's timely and the accurate information they get. And you also mentioned earlier on, you all want to try to keep payroll as boring as possible, which I entirely understand. On that notion, of course, with all these new changes coming into play, how would HR or payroll manager best prepare themselves and their teams for this payroll version 2.0 or whichever version that you guys are working on, would there be some additional skill sets, know-how that is required? Because payroll has been payroll. I would imagine whatever skill set that worked for them yeah. in day one, 20 years ago, they are still applying the same thing. But with this AI infusion, would things change for them? Are there things that they should start looking at, exploring, get to know more so that they can be better prepared for what is to come? The way I would put it, Adrian, is as more techniques like AI and ML come into picture, I think their focus and the effort that they have to spend on collecting data, reconciling information and ensuring it is correct, that should go down significantly. I think most payroll professionals that I know of are really wanting to be in line with what is happening in the industry, what kind of legislations are coming in, the applicability of those legislations to the employees in my organization whether there is parity within the organization in terms of compensation, whether the people are getting the right tax benefits, can we structure the components to provide the right tax benefits to the employee? These are the ones that I, as I understand many of the payroll professionals, they want to do that for the organization. But because they are drained because of the lot of these activities that they do, they hardly get time to invest their time in these things, in the future things. Because the pay whether we agree or not, is a crucial factor for building the engagement within the employees. If your pay structures are good, if they see, if the employees see that over time, company is trying to improve the same pay components, but at least make it structured in such a way that they get the maximum value out of it. If they're able to do that, they really like the company. So where I see is, as these techniques come in, whether it's AI, ML, or the generative AI that will help them explain certain some things to the employees better than what they're able to do today. These things will help remove all these mundane tasks from the payroll practitioners and help them focus on why they came into this profession in the first place. I'm sure many payroll practitioners did not come to collate data, build excels and do it. They probably would never have dreamt of this when they started the career. But they have to do it right. So that should go away. And the intellect that is required for you as a payroll practitioner, I think that will come into play more and more. And I think they will enjoy the job more as time goes by. It does sound like moving forward, the role of a payroll professional would evolve really quite a fair bit. It yeah. does bring me back to when finance manager was just finance manager. They just have to put together the ledger, etc. 
But then when they have to grow into a CFO, it's a different thing. You have to present yeah. to the board. You have to come up with storyline, etc. You have to seek funding. So it does seem like we are going on this new trajectory and it's brought forth by the in introduction as well as infusion of modern AI. And I think that is something that I hope more payroll professional, especially those who's listening to this episode, would truly look forward to at least have a different variation of how your career can actually move up from here. Yes, you can just be like the normal old school finance manager and just be a bookkeeper. Yeah. Or you can actually be a true blue accountant that help you progress into a CFO role. No right, no wrong, but at least I think the options will be there for payroll professionals. And with that, thank you so much for sharing with us about all this thing about payroll, the evolution, how AI is making a key difference and what ADP is trying to do to take advantage of this. For listeners who may be keen to learn more about what you guys are doing or maybe just to also get to learn more about yourself, where can they go to? Obviously, uh, www.adp.com and a lot of things that we're doing are present there. And uh, if you are a client of ADP, please reach out to your service relationship manager and they can provide more information. All right. Awesome. With that, Srini, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Lovely speaking with you. Absolutely. Thank you, Adrian. And uh, it's so much nice talking to you. And uh, thank you for the opportunity again. Before we wrap up this episode, let me ask you a question. What are the benefits of having an exceptional internal talent network? Here are some of them. First, Employees are more engaged and perform better since they feel more empowered in progressing their career aspirations. Managers can scale their teams better since they can source talent, capacity, and skills dynamically from across the organization. HR teams can better partner with the business since they do less manual orchestration of talent processes, understand the organization's pulse in real time, and focus more on insight and guidance. Sounds amazing, right? You can achieve all that and more with WorkWare's AI Talent Marketplace. It's a simple and intuitive and powerful platform that helps you leverage your organization's social capital and unlock your talent's full potential. Don't wait any longer. Get Vogue's AI Talent Marketplace today and make your internal talent network exceptional. Visit Vogue.com, that is V-I-R-K-W-A-R-E.com today or drop down a note at info at Vogue.com with the promo code AT2023 in the subject. You will get six months of your monthly subscription for the first year. That's a huge saving and a great investment for your future. Thanks to Workwear for sponsoring this episode. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it'll be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.